Well, going on the road didn't help them this time. The Tigers drop this game to the New York Yankees in New York by a score of 5-1. to one. Let's talk about it all today on Locked on Tigers. You are Locked on Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Wednesday, September 6, 2023. Thank you so much for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode's Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get up to 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started. All righty. Well, hope everyone uh, has had a solid week at the halfway point here. Uh, I apologize. I swear, I don't know what happened, but I used to be able to schedule like tweets and posts and whatever and and it was not even a thing that I just schedule them and they'd go out and it was no big deal. And now, like the last four times I've tried to do it, it, it they, they don't end up going out. It's very hit or miss. I'm not sure what's happening. Uh, I apologize. I meant to put out there that I w- was, in fact, taking Labor Day off. Uh, and so that was why you did not have an episode yesterday, because I record these the night before. And uh, for some reason, that just never saw the public. That just never saw the light of day. So I apologize for um, whether that's my fault or whatever. Whoever is at fault for that uh, post not going public, I apologize on their behalf or on my behalf. Um, But we're back today and we'll be back, you know, every day here throughout the rest of the season. Now, uh, the Tigers drop this game five to one. To the Bronx Bombers, who uh, with this win get back to 500 on the season. They are 69 and 69 for the first time since 1969. In case you were wondering, uh, the Tigers fall to 63 and 75. So uh, let's talk. Uh, let's start with the offense because I, I feel like a lot of people, just in general, uh, pitching is a thankless job. Right. Like you, you really, you can't score any runs. So uh, people focus, understandably so, you know, to no fault of anybody uh, on all the runs you do give up. And the Tigers, I mean, five runs. I'm not trying to make it sound like this was some masterclass performance. Jose Cisnero and Brendan White certainly did not have their best stuff today. We'll talk about that later on in the show. Uh, you, you don't win like a, a ton of games giving up five, but you do win some games giving up five. And at the end of the day, even if they only gave up two, Tigers went out there and offensively really struggled. Uh, one run in this ball game. Now, part of that has to do with just facing Garrett Cole. I, I don't want to spend too much time just like breaking down Garrett Cole because this is locked on Tigers. But what an absolutely fascinating pitcher to watch. Uh, just a dog. Like in, in an era in which innings eaters are becoming more and more uncommon, right? Becoming rarer and rarer and especially like high end innings eaters. Like there's some guys that are just like, okay, like this guy's going to give you 160 innings, but he's going to have a four and a half ERA. So like whatever, that guy's going to find a job, but he's not going to be, you know, a high priority. He's going to be a lot of one year deals and a lot of free agent type of stuff. Um, and, uh, and Garrett Cole is just still the old school. He's going to go out there. I know he only went six in this game, but he threw a hundred pitches. 
and, and like he just has no problem throwing 115 into the eighth inning. Like no issue at all. He's good enough to still do it. He's fantastic with runners in scoring position. His, his approach when when runners are on base, I think is is some of the best in baseball. Like reminds me a lot of young Justin Verlander who would give up base runners but not runs. That that kind of reminds me at times of Cole, but Cole really, I mean, he he's he's fantastic. A lively fastball, wow. You know, pushing a hundred while giving you a hundred pitches and two hundred plus innings every year. It's just like a, becoming more and more of a of a rare breed, and I think that he deserves a ton of credit. So, just wanted to give a, a tip of the cap, honestly, to Garrett Cole. And and I know you know he, he shoved in this game. The Tigers didn't do very well. I didn't think the Tigers' offensive approach against him was terrible. Like again, this is this is another thing I was thinking about. I guess just while we're talking about Garrett Cole, we might as well just finish the conversation. When it comes to like huge contracts like that. Okay, now uh, he still has a lot of years left. Okay, I'm not I'm not setting anything in stone. But when it comes to those huge contracts, how many in the history of baseball have you been able to look at and go, that was like objectively, like that was 100% worth it. And I think Cole is in a spot right now, and, and I'm not trying to like jinx him. I, I, ho- I hope he does live up to it, okay? He's a joy to watch. Um, but he's at a point right now where he's one of the few – people really in the history of baseball that um i guess like worth is maybe like too subjective of a way to word it um because you know like miguel cabrera for the last six years has been you know a, a replacement level player but there's still plenty of people out there that would argue oh he was still worth it because like look at what he did at the beginning of the contract and look at all the ticket sales and all that like worth is is i guess maybe too subjective everybody's gonna have a different opinion but uh, just in terms of of living up to start to finish a big contract like that, I think Cole's in a rare class where uh, the, the Yankees certainly don't regret that so far. And again, it's a pitcher. In arm injuries are are you know very prevalent these days with that. I, I I'm not saying it's a guarantee, but he's on a path to to really like fully living up to that. And there's not too many players uh, in, in baseball that have gotten that much money. You know, broken that three. I believe he broke three hundred mil, if I'm remembering correctly, and and really been in a position to be like, yeah, like this dude's, you know, so far so good, no complaints. Like he's he, he's living up to that uh, that moniker. So we'll see. I think like CC Sabathia comes to mind. He didn't get as much money, but different era as well. I don't know, like you just for inflation, like. <laughs> but I, you know, CC comes to mind. Like he he's a guy that just was an absolute workhorse, and like he tailed off at the end, but. You know, he was always going to go out there and, and same thing, give you 100 to, you know, I almost said 100 to 200, 100 pitches and, and you know, six or seven innings. So just a small list, especially in the pitcher side of things. Scherzer, another one, but just a, an interesting thing, thought that popped in my head during this outing. Let's get to the Tigers, though. I, I apologize for my ADHD brain there that uh, rears its head every once in a while. Um, so the, the Tigers offense, just again, like one for four with risk. Um, I didn't think their approaches against Cole were terrible. Like, I, I mean, genuinely, I thought that this was a uh, this this what they get eight hits off of them, right? Like, I mean, it, it's not like they didn't have their opportunities. There was just not a lot of hard contact, a lot of singles. A lot. Do we have? Okay, yeah, the Kerry Carpenter triple. That was the only extra base hit. We had nine hits, no walks in this game, which certainly is another thing. Garrett Cole, you know, the Garrett Cole effect. And the Yankees' bullpen's been really good the last, like, month, I want to say. Uh, they threw their A-team out there uh, as well. So um, just kind of, you know, no walks, 
one hit against the bullpen, eight against Cole, but only one of them was extra bases. And that run did score to their credit. Shout out Miguel Cabrera and Kerry Carpenter. But just now, and like, look at this lineup. I mean, we're, we're still, you know, Zach McKinstry was our two hitter. Like that Riley Green was our two hitter this season. Like it, it, we're, we're still in the same position we have been. Uh, I thought Lipsius had some pretty good at bats. The thing with Lipsius He's not going to strike out a boatload, right? We're not going to look at the end of the season and go, wow, he had a 35% K rate. That's a problem. And he's going to get his walks eventually when he gets fully acclimated. The problem is going to be, is he ever going to be able to make consistently hard enough contact to stay here? Because um, I, I there is, like even in this game, like he had a couple of just cans of corn, like duds. And it's one game and he put the ball in play and whatever. I'm not saying that, that this Tuesday, September 5th decides this man's fate. Um, but I, I'm saying that this was kind of an example of what I was talking about when he got called up. I love the approach. I love uh, what he does in the batter's box and what he's looking for. It's just a matter of whether he can consistently hit the ball hard enough to, to be effective at this level. So that'll be something to keep an eye out for. Um, but yeah, man, like I, I guess the one gripe I, I would have was honestly with the lineup more than it was with like the actual approach. I'm not going to get, I'm not going to lose sleep over getting shoved against Garrett Cole, man. Like I, in Yankee stadium, I'm, I'm just not like, I'm not the one <laughs> I, I, I know what this Tigers team is, but um, I, the, like I, I would not back Zach McKinstry second. Uh, I, I would never do that. Um, I, I would, if I was making the lineup card, I would have some combination. If you want Badu to be lead off fine. Uh, but if I would have some like Torkelson or Carpenter would be my two hitter. I, I would not put Zach McKinstry in the two hole. If you think he's a good matchup, then like bat him fifth. I, well, I'm not like I'm not gonna you know move everybody else up one. I don't know that that was like the only gripe I really had. But anyway, Tigers uh, not, in a non-surprising fashion only put up one run against a Yankees team and started Garrett Cole. Let's get to the rest of the uh, the game here. We got Alex Fiedo to talk about. He started, but it was still kind of a bullpen game. We got all the pitchers that did pitch in this game. We're going to talk about Jose Cisnero and Brennan White again. Uh, and then we'll end the show talking about the fact that we still have 39 men on the 40-man roster at the time of this recording and Justin Henry Malloy being pulled in the middle of Tuesday night's game. We'll talk about all of that right after I tell you all about our friends over at LinkedIn Sales Solutions. Are you struggling to close a deal well, cold outreach is wasting the time of both the buyer and the seller at every stage, especially when sellers are using shallow and outdated data. Your organization can overcome these challenges with technology that translates comprehensive, high-quality buyer data into real-time insights. These deeper insights empower sales reps, teams, and adopt the habits of top performers, which leads to better outcomes like more pipeline, higher win rates, and larger deals. We call these deep sales and we've been built and we have built the first deep sales platform with the next generation of LinkedIn Sales Navigator. Right now you can try LinkedIn Sales Navigator and get a 60-day free trial, 6-0 at linkedin.com/lockedon. That's linkedin.com/lockedon for a 60-day free trial. Let LinkedIn LinkedIn Sales Navigator help you Sell like a superstar today. Just go to linkedin.com slash locked on and get started. All right, everybody. Welcome back here. Segment two of Locked on Tigers. Appreciate y'all for tuning in, making us your first listen every single day. Shout out to the everydayers that do tune in every day. We'll be back tomorrow recapping game two against the New York Yankees. Um, also, be sure to check out the Tigers home radio broadcast. 
during the game tomorrow, whenever. Just search Detroit Tigers. The next thing you know, if the Tigers are playing, you will get the home radio broadcast straight from the SiriusXM app. Okay, so uh, within this game, we talked about the offense. Don't really have too much else to say. Miguel Cabrera getting an RBI single in Yankee Stadium seems like a, a very uh, nice way to close the chapter of his Yankees career. I mean, they showed the graphic on Bally, but uh, for as many guys as we point to and go, oh, Tiger killer, Tiger killer, uh, I promise you, there are a lot of Yankees fans who are very, very pleased that he is retiring. That guy absolutely smoked <laughs> the New York Yankees, especially in Yankee Stadium. Uh, for his entire career, uh, one of the highest like OPSs against in New Yankee Stadium history. Uh, so I, I'm sure that they, they, them in uh, in Cleveland as well. Cleveland was another one. They they were very very pleased. Uh, I think their social media team even tweeted about it after he got a hit an RBI in his final game there, and he was like, "Never been happier to see Miguel Cabrera get, like leave the stadium or whatever." So. Uh, that's another one. But as far as the pitching goes, Alex Fajardo starts this game. Now, there was a little bit of confusion on my behalf as well. I was in the same boat because we had just been told that Alex Fajardo was going to become a multi-inning reliever the remainder of the season, which I love. I, I think that like the, the odds of him becoming an every fifth day like solid rotation starter at this point I think are pretty slim. And I think that he still has the potential to be an excellent long-inning long reliever. I, I think that that's a great role for him. It also saves his arm a little bit for a dude that has had a lot of injury problems in his development and in, in his professional career so far. I think that it kind of uh, it saves him in that essence as well. Essence? Haven't used that word in a while. Saves him in that uh, area as well. So um, I, I was confused. I was like, well, why are we doing this? And then it was a bullpen day and he didn't even go three innings and it made a lot more sense. So he goes two and two thirds, gives up the home run to start off the ball game to DJ LeMahieu. And besides that, I thought was honestly great. And even that pitch, like the fast, probably caught a little bit too much of the play, but it was a fastball up and away. At some point you just got to tip your cap. Um, but this was, this was solid outside of that Homer. It's two hits, one walk, four strikeouts, no runs. So, uh, and obviously, you know, he did give up the Homer, but, uh, I, I was pretty, I was pretty impressed with this. And I thought, again, like we've talked about it all season, this dude's really solid first time through the lineup, like really solid. And he, his OPS against balloons, it, it inflates dramatically second and third time through the lineup. Second time specifically. So I like it. And I think it's a good career trajectory. I think it's really good for uh for to use September to do that, right? Prepare him for next year. Get him to a point where where Alex Fido can be a middle reliever or or even you know late inning, whatever, multi-inning, I guess is the word I'm looking for, reliever for this baseball team next season. And that, that should start in September. That's what September is for for non-playoff teams. All about development. Will Vest looked great. Again, I was really worried about Will Vest for a while. And now his last two or even three outings, uh, I think he's looked back to, you know, snap back to reality. Up there goes gravity. Like, I thought he I thought he's looked great. So, uh, one and a third of perfect ball with two strikeouts. The fastball really lively. Again, uh, I'm back to being a lot more calm and, and less nervous about uh, about Will Vest and, and his future on the team. Because for a while there, I, I genuinely was. I guess we'll talk about, you know, in the winter, is he guaranteed to make the roster or whatever? We'll talk about that when we get to it. But uh, for now, he'll play out the year here, and he deserves to. Joey Wentz goes one and a third with no hits against. 
yet a run against uh, due to two walks in the inning. Don't see too many stat lines like that. No hits, one earned run, two walks, no strikeouts. I would like to know how many people in the history of baseball have pitched more than one inning, because he won one and a third, went, have pitched more than one inning and recorded that stat line. That's just funny to look at. Um, you know, I'm not going to say anything different in this one that hasn't already been said about Joey Wentz. Uh, this is very much uh, an outing in which uh, Joey Wentz showed some signs. Didn't have crazy swing and miss stuff. No strikeouts, but only pitched an inning and a third. And the, the command kind of got away from him. And he didn't throw the fastball, really, at least consistently, in the strike zone. And he shouldn't because it's not a good major league pitch. And that led him to be kind of not throwing the ball in the strike zone and kind of indirectly led there, I guess, directly led to the two walks. So we're even at a point now where even in some of these at-bats, the fact that he is, is I, I guess I'm going to use the word scared. I don't think he's like timid out there, but he's in a position where it's like not smart to throw the four-seam fastball in the strike zone. And that is going to lead to, not only, oh, is the fastball getting crushed? Well, okay, well, I'm not going to throw in the strike zone. Well, now you're going to walk people. So it, it really does, even if he's not giving up hard contact and a bunch of hits and homers, it's still leading to, to some runners on base. And so uh, that is is why we find that the way it does. Now, obviously, that run he gave up is uh, was inherited thanks to Jose Cisnero giving up a two-run homer. Joey Wentz did not give up any runs while he was on the mound. Uh, but that one of those two runs in the home run it was credited to him. Uh, Giancarlo Stanton's 400th career home run uh, after Miguel Cabrera retires at the end of the season. Giancarlo Stanton will have the highest active home run total in the entire game of baseball. That's pretty crazy. Uh, it's it's wild, man. I remember when he was Mike Stanton. <laughs> I remember back uh, back with the Florida Marlins when he was Mike Stanton. Well, I guess maybe he only played for the Miami Marlins. Maybe that's too far back, but... I remember Mike Stanton and him being the, the big kid that could hit absolute bombs and uh, obviously the MVP season and whatnot, whatnot, and he's definitely fallen off. I mean, he's crushed the Tigers. He has two home runs in the last week against us. But uh, just just very, very wild that he's like already, you know, and now he's an elder statesman and he has the highest active home run total in baseball after uh, after. In a month, he will have that that uh, title to his name. So uh, Cisnero, I, I mean, what is there to really say at this point? I, I, I've said it a billion times. I, I could say it again if you really want me to. I have no clue why he's on the roster. His ERA is now 5-3-3. Uh, and, and in the last, like, month and a half, it's over 10. You know, like, I, I, I just, I, I don't know how many times I need to repeat myself. Thank you for what you did for the last, you know, two years. You were one of the best relievers on this team for two seasons. Um, but, uh, I mean, at this point, he's just standing in the way of someone in Toledo getting an opportunity. And I, I don't agree with that roster decision whatsoever. So, we'll see. Uh, I've been saying that for, for uh, ever since the trade deadline, really. Uh, we'll, we'll see. But very high ERA, not doing himself any favors. Um, let's get to the last two pitchers, Miguel Diaz and Brendan White, and then we will get into the state of the 40-man roster. Talk a little bit of Justin Henry Malloy as well. But first, I got to tell you all about our friends over at FanDuel. Get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers 
can bet $5 to get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off of NFL Sunday ticket. That's a huge offer from YouTube and YouTube TV. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use, and you can bet on everything from spreads to player props and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash on and kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. Welcome back, everybody. Third and final segment here, Locked On Tigers. Uh, be sure to check out the Tigers home radio broadcast on the Sirius XM app. Just search Detroit Tigers. The next thing you know, you'll be listening to the Tigers home broadcast through the Sirius XM app. You know, one of those times with that FanDuel read, uh, at some point at the end, I'm going to say, do an NFL read and then say official partner of MLB. Like I, every time I have to like, consci- like I want to do it so bad because I'm just so used to like talking about baseball on this show obviously <laughs> like you know what i mean like it's just it's it's uh, at one point i'm gonna do it um let's talk about miguel diaz really quickly uh one inning of perfect ball with two strikeouts zero era still in the majors good for him again like i don't want to get it twisted this dude i'm not saying spring training means the world okay but he had a zero era throughout the entire spring and uh he, he i know his era is high but two things. One, his strikeout numbers are good. And two, AAA has been a launching pad for offense this year. The average OPS in AAA is 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 very, very high. Um, and so, especially in the second half of the season here. So, I'm not like, too, I'm not saying he's obviously not going to be like the greatest closer. To, he's not going to be Omar Rivera, right? He's not going to come up here and have like a 180 career ERA or anything. But um, I would not sh- like, I like Miguel Diaz and I have since March and I'm glad that he's at least getting an opportunity. If he, if he stinks it up and you know, his ERA is eight and he, you know, it translates poorly then fine. So be it. At least we have an answer, but this is a guy that I've wanted an answer to the, the entire season. And I'm glad he's finally getting that opportunity. You look at that, like change up splitter thing. And you tell me that that's not nasty. He's got like a 90 mile an hour change up splitter hybrid thing going on and it's disgusting and it led to it was the primary pitch used in those two strikeouts um and then got a ground ball with it as well uh i i really like what i've seen so far again he'll he'll give up hard contact at some point somebody will be sitting on it and get under it um and uh and and let the velocity do supply the power right the old adage that it'll certainly happen at some point but um, I, I like the stuff enough to give him an opportunity in September. So I'm glad that he's up here. And then Brennan white, you know, it, it, Brennan white has been, had been pretty solid for like the last couple of weeks. We started kind of talking about, uh, you know, it's a lie. He hasn't given up a run in a little while, et cetera. And, uh, and, but even throughout that whole thing, like I, I still, I was like, man, like he just, he has a tendency to leave sliders like over the heart of the plate, just still way too often for my liking. And, I, I still feel like, I mean, that clearly is what happened in this outing, but that, that's just going to be the biggest thing to to stand in his way. Uh, I, I still believe in the ceiling that, that the fastball is good and the slider moves a lot. It's just about locating it. Well, not the end of the day, if you can't locate, it doesn't matter how good your stuff is. That's going to be, you know, Alex Lang is, is a prime example of that. Good stuff only takes you so far if you can't put it in the zone. So, or I guess Brendan, in Brendan White's case, it's not not putting it in the zone. It's about putting it right over the heart of the plate. Um, so I, that is is something he'll need to work on. But 
for like a first taste of the majors, like this dude was added to the 40 man less than a year ago and got called up a couple of months ago for the first time. Like for a first stint in the majors, people, you know, when he gives up runs, people are going to get mad at him on a night to night basis. But in the winter, when we look back, I think I'm going to be pleased that he at least got this opportunity. And uh, I think that he will be in a position where his performance in spring training next year will determine if he's in this bullpen on opening day next year or not. I think that's a, that's a successful addition to the 40, man. If we're thinking all the way back to last October and we're like, Oh, was it smart to put Brennan white on the 40? If he can just put himself in a position to where we're at least like, Oh mate, if he does well in spring next year, he can be on the bullpen on opening day next year. I think that that garners a, a win. So uh, not a great outing still needs to work on the command, but I think big picture, um, I've seen enough where, I mean, four, seven, six, yeah, right. It's certainly not lighting the world on fire, but I've seen enough where I'm at least like, Oh, you know, b- big picture. I'm, I'm not too upset with where he's currently standing. Uh, let's end the show by talking about the roster. That's it for this ball game. Tigers lose five to one in New York. Uh, they, they have like six total wins against the AL East this year. They're now a game under 500 on the road. Yeah. We'll preview the, uh, the last two games here at the very end of the show. The Tigers roster is still at 39 men. Now, there's a little bit of drama in during this game on Tuesday night where the Tigers had uh, – it, it got reported out by a, a few different people um, that uh, Justin Henry Malloy was pulled after just one at-bat in Toledo. And everybody started kind of freaking out. And they were like, oh, is this it? Is this it? Um, at no point did I ever think that this was a call up and, and it doesn't look like it is Evan Petzold of the Freep has reported that it is not a call up. Uh, I think he's the only reporter at the time of this recording to speak on it. So we'll see. But, uh, his initial reaction was, it's not a call up. I, I just, it just didn't make sense. Like the only reason that the last one, like the Lipsius got pulled in the middle of the game thing. The only reason that that happened was because of the timing of like, when the Tigers got a 40-man roster spot, like, opened up to them because of, like, the player they had DFA'd, like, getting claimed and all that. Like, that's the only reason that, like, people don't normally start a game and then in the middle of the third inning go, well, I think we're going to call him up now. Like, that's not normal practice. <laughs> like, that doesn't happen. That, that's not, like, normal. So, um, but I think people had just seen it, you know, because Lipsius did get pulled out of his game because of what I just explained. So, I think people had just seen it and kind of got a little carried away. But, um, yeah, like we had a day off on, on Monday and the roster was at 39. Why on earth would they have not just <laughs> added him on Labor Day when the team had a day off and given him a day to go? They wouldn't have not called him up on the day off and then in the middle of the third inning go, you know what? We changed our mind actually. Yeah, that was a nice hit. That single sealed the deal. Thanks, man. Like that, that was, that was funny to me, but I, I love the hype. I I'm all about, I'm all about blind hype. Truly. I, it's one of the fun parts of sports. So, um, unfortunately that's not the answer. Where does that leave us? I, honestly, I think it just leaves us in a position where like if it was someone in the organization, wouldn't it have happened already? Like if it was Malloy, wouldn't, wouldn't they have done it? If it was Keith, wouldn't they have done it? If it was Sawyer Gibson long, wouldn't they have done it? Like I, I don't know. I, I, I just, I, I feel like we're just going to sit here and it's just going to be some waiver claim that there we're going to see. And it's going to be, you know, they were DFA'd by who did we predict last time? The A's. They were just going to be DFA'd by the A's and we're just going to go like, okay, cool. Another guy that won't play in the majors this year. And it's just, you know, depth for Toledo. 
but it fills out the 40 man. That's kind of what I think is going to happen again. But there's no point in just sitting here with 39 for the rest of the season. So I'd like at least something to happen. But um, I'm, I'm not exactly getting my hopes up, if you can't tell, for uh, for that to be some top high-end prospect. Um, let's talk about the rest of the series. So today's game, as you're listening to this, uh, Wednesday's game, 705, 7.05, said that very nasally, uh, Eastern start time in New York, Matt Manning against Clark Schmidt. Uh, I like Clark Schmidt. We, we faced him last time the Tigers played uh, the Yankees just a week ago in Comerica. Matt Manning has been on fire his last three or four starts. Um, and, oh, that reminds me, I screwed up. And somebody called me out on it. I'm glad they did. I screwed up uh, last week. I had made a comment where I said Matt Manning had a career ERA under four, and that's just blatantly not true. Uh, I was looking at, uh, this is his third year in the majors. His rookie year, he had an ERA over five. And last year and this year, both of those seasons, he had an ERA under four. So uh, for some reason in my brain, I was like, oh yeah, the last two seasons his ERA is sub four. If you just exclude the rookie season, his ERA is sub four. So that means it's his career. And that's obviously not true. So uh, I wanted to apologize for that. And I've, I've just forgotten to, I, I don't like making mistakes like that. So uh, this is me uh, owning up to that and apologizing, but yeah, he's been on a roll and we'll see if the, uh, the, the no swing and miss fastball heavy approach can be successful in a small hitters park, like the Yankee stadium, despite the Yankees offensive struggles. And then uh, we'll preview it a little bit more in depth tomorrow, but uh, the last game of the series will be on Thursday and it'll be Erod again. Right now it's supposed to be Carlos Rodon. So uh, injury plagued first season and has not been good when he's on the mound for the Yankees as well. Uh, it's kind of struggling to start off his Yankees career, but we'll see how that turns out on Thursday. All right. Thanks for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every single day. Appreciate y'all for tuning in. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow recapping game two against the New York Yankees, baby. Peace and love. Going to therapy's dope. I'll catch y'all then. Go Tigers.